Welcome to the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine. UX introduces a simple formula for personal and business growth based around one principle. We can't solve big, valuable problems alone. Starting with this principle, UX equips and empowers us to pour ourselves into people and systems, scale authentically, and create a life of exponential freedom and impact. And now, let's get started with the latest episode of the UX Podcast. What's up, rock stars? Matt Johnson back with another episode of the UX Podcast. Thank you so much for keeping up with the show. Make sure to go leave us a, a rating and a, and a thoughtful review. Uh, if you've gotten anything out of the podcast so far and you're really enjoying the guests that we're having, especially if there's a, a particular guest that jumps out, make sure to go and leave us a rating and call them out specifically and let them know what you enjoyed about their episode in the review. So that would be super, super helpful. Uh, today, we've got an awesome conversation with a guy named Colton Bollinger. Uh, he's actually here in San Diego. He's a, a young guy, a young, aggressive guy. They, him and his partners have built uh, a digital media agency that focuses on Instagram growth. And they've built that from essentially just the three of them working out of the house uh, to now they have a 40-person office here in San Diego. They are killing it. And so we cover a few cool things in this conversation. Number one, we talk about the types of, ec- of content that experts like us need to put on Instagram to grow a following. So Colton got his start essentially helping uh, Golf Pro reach his ideal clients on Instagram and then took that and, and expanded those same things into other industries. Real estate was one of them. Uh, he runs the Instagram account of one of the top real estate agents here in San Diego, which is how he came to my attention. And uh, so he does stuff for all kinds of different experts in different industries. And so if you are, you know, if you're like me and you're essentially, you know, you're writing, you're speaking, you're consulting, coaching, providing creative services to clients, like all that stuff. If you have something to say, um, there are two very specific types of content that we need to put out there on Instagram in order to actually get engagement and grow a following and grow an audience on Instagram. So Colton goes into that. We also talk about how he grew the office, how he grew the operation, uh, a little bit about the structure of their partnership and how they run their team, what his schedule is like and how they maintain and and manage the team. Uh, They actually are kind of all in a big room essentially together. So it's very open. Uh, It's a great insight into how millennials are building companies. Uh, And he also talks about the keys to selling additional services to successful clients to maximize profit, which is really, really interesting because, um, you know, we know from from digital, like other forms of digital marketing, especially information product sales, we know that the person who can spend the most to acquire the initial client uh, usually almost wins, uh, almost always wins. Because if you can spend more to acquire the client, as long as you're smart enough to realize that, then you can just ramp up your advertising and you can essentially force out your competitors by getting to clients when they're ready to buy before anybody else does because you spend more to reach them. Uh, what's interesting about what we talked about with Colton is that there may be a time coming in the agency world where we take on clients at break even for their first service or their first type of service. And then we actually don't make our profit until we sell them additional services. Now, I'm not saying that's the best model. It's an interesting model, but it's definitely something to think about and be aware of because if we have people coming into the agency or the coaching and consulting world who are coming from the online marketing world who understand that principle, they may go in and they may say, look, I'm going to, I'm going to take these first 20, 30, 50 clients at break even because I've got something else in my back pocket to sell them. And if we're competing head on with them and we don't have that something in our back pocket, we're at a huge disadvantage. 
another good example of that from the real estate world is a company like Redfin that's coming in and undercutting agents' commission because guess what? They have millions of dollars in venture capital, so they don't have to make a profit right now. And so it's going to be very interesting to see how things shake out and the business models that come out in the next you know, 5, 10, 20 years uh, with companies or people that are approaching the market differently and not attempting to make a profit or a huge profit right away off of the very first interactions with the customer. So all that being said, this is a very, very cool conversation. I know you're going to get a ton out of it, whether you are a coach, you know, consultant, agency owner, whatever the case is, it's super inspiring what Colton and his partners have done just in the two years that they've been rolling. And of course, if you're looking uh, to grow your Instagram account, make sure to check out his company, Jumper Media. I think it's jumpermedia.co. Uh, Colton gives a, a good uh, call to action, so make sure to stick around for that and listen to the conversation. So we'll jump right in with Colton Bollinger of Jumper Media. What's your weekly schedule look like with running the team? Um, I'm, I'm in there usually like Monday to Friday, like 8 to 5, 7.30 typically. Yeah. Just most of the time, I think you end up the busy stuff I'd get done myself before we had 40 employees. Now you're kind of running around talking to people, putting out fires. And then you know, once everybody leaves, I can get, get some of the stuff down. I needed to get done. You have 40 employees in San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord, dude. Why? why? <laughs> All right. So I have a, but my, so the agency I come from, he has about 55, but they're all back in Omaha, Nebraska, where we're both from. Okay. So he runs, he rolls into the office in San Diego and it's only like his, I don't know, three or four direct reports, if that, and maybe a couple of interns or something. Yeah. Everybody else, like somebody else managed like the 40 employees in California. Good yeah. God, man. I, I don't think we expected to have, have uh, 20 employees at this point. Uh, yeah. It was, it's one of those things where I think it, for one, I love, I love the fact that we've been able to grow the team and been able to surround ourselves with some really awesome people. Mm. we got lucky to kind of, I mean, we're hiring a lot of people out of college, um, younger people who are great with social media and familiar with it. Yeah. You know, unexpectedly, I think we've picked up some great people who were a little hacky and growth hacky themselves and Mm. come into a situation where, you know, a startup environment, you're either going to kind of take, take the reins and run with it or you're going to have to be micromanaged and we didn't really have time to micromanage people. So a lot of people stepped up, uh, picked up the reins and, and really carved out their own roles, which made our jobs a lot easier of managing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've only had four people leave in a year and we've hired 40. So it's, it's not like, bad, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's for hiring a bunch of like fresh out of college or is still in college kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So it's, but yeah, I, I, I mean, hats off to, to your buddy who doesn't, doesn't who figured out. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, definitely unexpected. Yeah. I mean, we, we started with three a year ago, just me and my two co-founders and then. Seriously. Yeah. You yeah. zoomed to 40 employees in a year. Yeah. About what well, we hired our first employee. They just had their first year anniversary maybe like three months ago or something. Good Lord, man. That's awesome. So who, who like out of the three co-founders, you guys, all three do biz dev or somebody like, or the Rainmaker? Um, so I started the company kind of like myself um, in the very end of 2016. Um, and then, or no, it's 2018 now? We're two, two and a half years old and I started it for about six mm-hmm. months. So we've been running for two years all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I did biz dev up to about like 20 employees myself. Mm-hmm. Our, 
I mean, 20 customers myself. And then from there, my two, two of my best friends live together up in San Francisco. And I'd go up from there to, from Monterey to San Francisco pretty much every weekend because it was just boring in Monterey and I went up there to see them. Um, and, you know, every weekend I was kind of like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you on Instagram all the time? You know, and I was working on a separate startup as well um, during that time. For, for oh, interesting. And, and then, you know, pretty much one, one week, one of them, um, Gian, who, you know, he was kind of the, the, the genius you look up to, um, you know, he got a perfect one of the SAT, you know, went to Berkeley and he was mm-hmm. working for a startup that got acquired by Groupon. Okay. And, and he was kind of, I think over the whole corporate job, once I got acquired and I changed a lot of things. Yeah. And then Peter, my other, my other best friend, he was working at Giants doing sales. Um, and he was, you know, one of like a three person corporate sales team doing, you know, sales to Salesforce and Oracle and doing the big packages. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one weekend I went up there and, and Gian was listening to me and you know, kind of seeing what was going on. And he basically was like, you know, here, I laid some stuff out. If you charge this much and, you know, did this type of subscription model, like, you know, you're going to be able to scale a sales team. Mm-hmm. I, I think Pete and I are both like over our jobs. Like, what, what do you want to do with this? Yeah. So it was kind of a no brainer for me because I, I think it's a lot more, more fun to be able to work with people you you enjoy being around, and and I'm I'm an only child, so I kind of have the opposite of only child syndrome, where it's like didn't have siblings growing up, and it's like super <laughs> fun being around people doing things as opposed to yourself. So yeah, um, that that was a big push for me is just you know having two of my best friends around all the time to do stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we pulled the trigger, and the next day we were all all, all partners, and um, we started working on a living room in SF for six months. <laughs> <laughs> Grew it to about, I think we're at like 40k MRR, and then mm-hmm. we were like, you know, I think we can open up an office and we should probably start hiring some people because we can't do any more ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> started, we were we were in SF, and we we're like, you know, it doesn't make sense to, to start up here. We have, yeah. we don't, we have, we're bootstrapped. We don't really need um, funding to raise. I don't really know we're going to get acquired right now. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, San Diego was for a couple of years, and I was like, you know, it's cheaper offices, a lot of colleges around there. There's like five colleges around yeah. Denver, a 10 mile radius. So, and so then we all found an office in January of that 2017 and, and made the move. Hmm. And that's crazy. So yeah, that's, that's interesting that the opposite of only child syndrome, uh, man, partnerships are partnerships can be fun, but they, they can get, uh, can get really dicey. So that's interesting that you're like, yeah, jump in. Like, let's, let's build it together. I totally get the impulse though. Cause it's, it's a lot more, it's a lot more fun to build it with people involved, especially if you just, if they're guys just like hanging out with, like there's something about that, that camaraderie. So yeah, I, I get the impulse, believe me. Yeah. The, the biggest reasoning in, in I think all of our heads was um, it, it's everyone will tell you it's really hard to run a business with friends or start a mm-hmm. business. With friends. It's just a bad move. Um, not to mention we all live together. Um, in addition to that, so it's kind of, <laughs> you know it's it's like a it's like a it's, business band. It's a business band. You know, whenever yeah. we like like stop talking about business, it's always related to somehow. But mm-hmm. we all have very different skill sets and characters um, yeah. or, or characteristics in, in terms of. You know, Gian's very much like a, like an org org guy. Um, mm-hmm. He's very process oriented. He gets gets things completed and and planned out and making sure that everything is for the right purpose. Um, we're putting resources towards that. And then you know I'm kind of like the you know idea or, or visionary if you want to put it in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I kind of bounce ideas off G. And you know if he's like yeah it's good that's bad you know let's wait for the next one kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then Peter is just brings everyone together. Um, I mean, he, he's the bubbly kind of like 
you know, personality that you need to build a team. And he's is he is he the one that actually oversees or works with the employees a lot? Do you, or do you guys all three kind of help supervise? We have no offices, like you know, separate. It's just like three big rooms right now, and we're kind of like just sitting sitting wherever we're needed at the time. Mm-hmm. But Pete Pete has a whole sales background, right? So he trained the whole sales team, and you know, I think right. clients you know trained him for five years. So it was one of those things where mm-hmm. he had a lot of a lot of processes in place already to bring into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome, and then you know it's it's. I think just his personality he is he's, he loves to um, be around people as well. And so he's able to kind of really keep everyone positive, lighthearted. Um, I mean, not that any of us have problems dealing with people, but I think Pete is kind of, I mean, Pete's brought, brought, brought me and Gian together. I mean, he was the first oh, yeah. best friend and introduced us. And mm. well, Pete's done that to me a lot in my life, uh, but it's not uncharacteristic to him because he doesn't, does it to a lot of people I like introducing right. that, that glue. If you want to, you want to, frame it in, in a way yeah yeah he's the guy when you go out you want him to be there because he's going to pull the whole group together right i mean he, he's always bringing people together mm-hmm. as far as i can remember um mm-hmm. and you know i think that has a lot to do with why why we are all cohesive not just the three of us but um you know the entire company in a lot of ways yeah that's awesome man very very cool so i'm curious like on on the like when you, when you're putting all this stuff together, like you're involved in this other startup, you're doing all this Instagram stuff, like looking back on it now, when you look at yourself and what you were doing, like what was, what was it about you? And what was it like the strengths or the skills, the abilities that, that the agency has actually like got its initial success from? Like, cause you figured out something on Instagram that like suited your, suited your strengths. You were, you found something you were good at. What do you like looking back on it now? What do you feel like those strengths were? Right. So the biggest thing I think is just kind of putting like when I was pre-rev with the other startup, it started with, um, it was, it was, it was a product for golf instructors. It was a CRM system for their business, like helping, hmm. helping them, um, book lessons online, manage online mm-hmm. and then keeping communication with their clients. Yeah. And I played college golf. So that's how that kind of came into play. Um, mm-hmm. but out of that, like you know, this whole Instagram thing, an instructor actually came to me. I, I figured out, I can reach golf instructors through Instagram. Yeah, right. Engaging heavily in the golf community and Instagram. I was like the last of my friends to ever make an Instagram. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Same me, here. They're giving me shit to like make an Instagram. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, I, that doesn't interest me, you know? And, and finally I made one for just business purposes. I was like trying to engage mm-hmm. instructors. And I grew it to like 15,000 followers, just kind of like growth hacking it and posting content. And I learned how to video edit and I got some GoPros and, you know, it was one of those things where, I figured out content as a good avenue to reach people. Yeah. Uh, and then I had one of my, like a golf instructor I was dealing with for the, for the app I was building. And, and he's like, Hey, I love your product. I'm, I'm going to be using it for my business, but do you, can you help me with Instagram? I noticed you, you've gotten you know a pretty good response from yours. And obviously, obviously we connected through Instagram and yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they, they drive business through that. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, I'll do it for free. Yeah. Like, just, you know, give me your login and I'll kind of run your, your Instagram for you. Just send me content. And, and, and through that, the first month he made $2,000 in lesson sales from direct messages. And you nice. know, his DMs in Miami about getting a golf lesson. Okay. Uh, and that, that was kind of the, the moment where it's like, someone would pay for this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then from, from there, it was like he, as a golf instructor, he was teaching you know, a lot of affluent people in Miami. He was working for Jim mm-hmm. McCall, which is one of the top schools over there. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I wasn't charging him. So it was like, mm-hmm. uh, 
everyone he came across who wasn't competing in a golf instructor, he was like, Hey, you should call my buddy Colton. You know, he's, he's great with Instagram. You have a business, you have a bar, right? Yeah. So a lot of restaurants and bars and things in Miami. And then it kind of just started spiraling, spiraling from there up to 20, up to 20 or so clients. Hmm. And yeah, that's, that's kind of how things got rolling for the most yeah. part. So, all right. So, so we're similar in the sense of like, it took me a while to get on Instagram and I'm by no means any sort of, uh, I, like I'm still figuring it out. And, and I don't know if you're like me in this sense, but I don't, I don't naturally think externally as much in terms of like, like when something happens or when I learn something or do something, I, I'm usually processing it internally. I, it, I, it takes a lot of effort for me to think about and repackage it in a way that's valuable for other people. So that's where I struggle. And, and, and there's a lot of people in my world that are like that. They're super high level coaches and consultants or agency owners or whatever. And they're super sharp, super smart. They have a lot of stuff to say that other people are interested in, but they don't, they're not, they're not sure like how to package it in a way that's engaging. And so they struggle with outlets like Instagram that are very, um, like you just have to think about it. Like it's the, and it takes effort for them. And I don't know if you're like that, but you obviously came to it late in the game. So it doesn't, it's not like you jumped on it right away. So do you feel like you're in that camp or were you like a fish in water once you got into it that, that you just kind of that like to fit your personality once you actually figured it out? So, so the, you know, I, I think the whole value thing you brought up is, is it's really the make or break for, for a social media campaign for any business, right? Is you, it's not about, you it's about providing value to your audience or who you want to target right? mm -hmm. and depending on your demographic or who you're trying to reach out to um, or attract is how you're going to package that content how you're going to create that content what you're going to create it about um, mm -hmm. i mean just it, it, it's really like the first step for me is just thinking about what's even what what, what is the client even capable of doing right like yeah <laughs> you're, doing you're doing it pretty frequently you're probably creating a lot of other content like mm -hmm. what is what is something that's that's easily easily created on your end that you can do on a recurring basis on a frequent enough basis um, that's actually going to add value to your, to your potential clients or audience, right? Mm -hmm. Not that everyone follows you is going to become a client of yours, but you know where are they going to hopefully engage with your content and lead to other people who could be a client seeing it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not it's not always. I mean, if we're talking about you know, some of these like thought leaders or people who are trying to create a platform for, you know, to act, to, to become a thought leader in a sense. I, I think a lot of it is, is taking yourself out of it. Right. The, mm. the people I see who yeah. It's, it's very much like they don't talk about them, right? Like they're talking, everything is focused on who they're interviewing. Everything is focused mm. on the value they're providing. Everything is focused on company they just met with and what they learned from them. Right. It's, doesn't matter what they've accomplished, who they are, like they've kind of become a, a selfless vessel for this valuable information they're sharing and providing to their audience mm -hmm. yeah, in that, in that regard. Right. I mean, if we're talking about, mm -hmm. I mean, some of those thought leaders, I mean, I mean, think about Gary Vee, he's the first one with, who utilized social media to get out. Right. Yeah. Uh, talking about the platform itself. So, I mean, he, he, he kind of, I, I would say he's, he's led by example of, you know, he just, does does shit to be to be active and engages with people mm -hmm. how we started like he'd engage with people and you know he obviously had the wine library thing but if you yeah. know from the beginning it was it's very much just you know him kind of preaching and getting up there and talking about people before he was really like had a shit ton of followers right um, and obviously you get followers you become more more public facing with videos and content mm -hmm. content was that vessel to get there yeah yeah, I think that's good. Like re removing yourself from the equation. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that's and, and that's that's tough for. I think that's tough for like aspiring thought leaders. It's a little bit easier, like like because you guys run Seth O'Burns, uh, who's a, a big real estate agent uh, here in San Diego, and a big luxury agent. So you talk about like what what sorts of things are you kind of doing anyway that's in the flow of the day that you know and and going and previewing or or you know taking a new luxury listing like that shows up and like that that really pops on Instagram. You can take pictures, you can take video, like that stuff they're generating anyway just in their in their real estate business. So I think for them that comes a little bit easier because they're generating stuff that isn't about them. It's about the home and that translates really well to visuals on Instagram. Um, yeah. For, for those of us that are in the business of like selling services, I think it just takes more effort on our part to figure out what is that thing and how to package it in a way like, and starting, starting by like removing ourselves from the equation and starting with what they want and what's valuable to our audience. I think is it like, it takes a little bit more, you know, maybe mental thought to put into it, but like, that's the game. Like that's, that, that's, we have to start with what's actually valuable to other people rather than what we want to get out of it and what we want to push out. And that's what I see a lot of people in my world struggle with is we know what we want to talk about. That doesn't mean that's what on the receiving end, that that's what they want to hear all the time, you know? Uh, so anyway, and and that, I mean, all, all great points. I think the, I, then it comes back to like, what content do you create? Mm -hmm. That And that's, that's something that, you have to become a thought leader, right? If you're trying, if you're trying, I mean, the content you're putting out and the things you're saying, um, it, it's not really, it, it's, it's not really like, like just the content you're putting out. It's your ability to, to cohesively put it together and present it in a way to your viewers or audience that is, you know, believable, efficient, saves them time, but it, it's kind of earning their respect. Right. And even yeah. if, if you're sitting here interviewing 400 business owners, you're becoming so much more knowledgeable in that field of everything they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's another another guy who does a ton of podcasts. I forget his name, but he's been, you know, he has all the MRR. Now he's created a database of all the stuff he's gotten from his podcasts from his bigger companies. Mm -hmm. right? like, you know, MRR databases and all these growth metrics and everything they're doing. Mm -hmm. But now he's the he's established himself as a thought leader around mm -hmm. what a company should be at and their metrics and their stages and what to mm -hmm. look for. And I mean, when you talk to that many business owners who've been through that, like, yeah, you understand why. Right? Yeah, yep. His content and everything around that has has led me to believe he is a thought leader. He probably knows more about a lot of the business aspects of growing and scaling, mm -hmm. just because the information he's been able to come across and hear firsthand. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, a lot of that in in any type of thought leader is true. Is you're trying to teach and coach or educate, and mm -hmm. how do you educate? If I mean, usually it's you go back to like, like college and in school, like your teacher. You know, I mean, how, how many teachers do you know who were extremely successful and succeeded at creating an entre a, a million dollar company? And, you know, all of a sudden, I just retired and wanted to teach people. Hmm. I mean, there's a few and yeah. it, there's a couple I was lucky enough to, to have as a teacher and they're awesome. Yeah. But I also, you know, listen to those ones a lot more, right? And the ones who tried and failed and now they're teaching us <laughs> yes. how you be a successful business yeah. entrepreneur. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, I think the same thing goes to like, like an influencer, like a, like someone who's in trying to influence in, in a thought leading position, mm -hmm. either you're talking to a shit ton of those people who are thought leaders or who are examples of what succeeded and you're kind of just aggregating everything. You're an aggregator. Yeah. You're, you're an aggregator and a curator and that's a bit, yeah, that's a certain type of thought leader and, and there's, there's ways to monetize that, but yeah, there's no, there's no substitute for having been to the mountain 
and, and coming back down and helping people and guide people back up. Right. And, and part of that is you don't always have to climb to the top of the mountain, but yeah. you can frame yourself in a believable way that you got pretty high up on it. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. So that's where the content comes in of like planning of like, how do you frame things in a manner that, you know, even if you fake it till you make it a little bit, mm-hmm. that helps you get the door in or get, yeah. get your foot in the door to be able to appear like you're on the top of the mountain already. Yeah. That, that's something where it's like, if we're coming up with content for someone who's, who's looking to get in that position, I mean, a lot of it is, is expertise and social proof. So the, ex- mm. the type of content you're putting out, like those are the two pillars. Mm-hmm. On one of those pillars, don't post it. Don't, don't have it go out. Uh, so, all right. So, so expertise, I feel like people, you know, we, there's a bunch we get into there, but tell me about social proof. So in the, in the context of somebody who wants to build like a thought leader kind of audience, especially on Instagram where it's very, it's a, you know, it's more visually oriented. You can do stories, you can do lives, you can do all kinds of stuff. Uh, and so the capabilities have opened up a lot, probably just since you started the agency, there's so many more things you can do. Um, but what about the social proof? What do you mean by that? So yeah, I mean, it changes every every week I feel like, but, uh, (laughs) The social proof side of things, it's depending on the industry and what who who is a good fit in your industry, mm-hmm. or who's who's already an influencer. But trying to associate and position yourself to get content in those opportunities with other people who are already successful or mm-hmm. already a thought leader in a sense. So okay. it's like like if we work with uh, up and coming singer, like you know, there's there's a kid we're working with. He's like you know 20 years old. He's trying to make it in like the R&B kind of you know, somewhat hip hop like, like world, but he's really mm-hmm. talented. He's got a lot of things going for him, but he didn't have any social proof. So like mm-hmm. our strategy was you live in LA, you know, your, your agent or your, your, um, your, your like, you know, label manager, he knows all these people get into parties and go take pictures. I don't care if you're a fanboy. I don't care how you get the picture. But right. Next to Justin Bieber and take a picture and act like you guys are buddies. Right? Yeah. And I mean, that helped grow his audience from like, 20k to 65k in a matter of like you know less than eight months right <laughs> but it's one of those things where people come to his profile and they're like whoa he thinks i like justin bieber right justin's not commenting on his shit but right i guarantee you you can't tell the difference right that's true and, and and that's where it's kind of for that particular scenario that that was a social proof um yeah all right, so that makes sense yeah. i i have a buddy of mine who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and he did an event here um uh, he flew in actually from Australia to speak at this event on Coronado. And so I met up with him and, uh, and he's got people coming up and like taking pictures of him. Of course, nobody, nobody knows who he is. I'm like, all right, how, like, like spill, like I know you, like you're, you're huge in Australia. Nobody knows who you are here. How are you getting people to like fanboy over you and take pictures? He's like, all right, here's the deal. He's like, in my speaking session, he's like, I told everybody, he's like, I, I spoke in front of 150 people or whatever, my breakout session. He, I said, I just announced it from stage. Like, look, every single person that takes a picture with me and tags me and posts it into the Facebook group for the event, I'll give you access to a, to a course that I, I usually charge 300 bucks for. So he just has people coming up to him the whole event, just taking pictures, throwing it up in the Facebook group and tagging him. It's freaking genius. And I think that's that. So that, that makes total sense. Like those types of social proof where it's, it's visual, right? So it works really well because it's a picture. You can tag it. You can tag the event. You can tag the location. You can tag the venue. There's all kinds of stuff that you can do like that. Um, so that makes sense. Like that type of like visual social proof. Totally. Visual social proof. And, and even, I mean, in this example, it's like, like you're doing podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not, on, on Instagram itself or, or Facebook or whatever you want to post it on. I mean, this is social proof. Someone's hopping on the call with you to have, 
have an interview and discuss business or whatever you want to discuss and opportunities, like you're, you're doing awesome things. And like, I'm not going to be the person you highlight, but mm-hmm. you're way better people than me. And it's like, how do you highlight those type of individuals who are successful in doing their thing? Mm-hmm. Because you want to influence other people who come to your, you send them an email and want to reach out and do a podcast. It's like, Oh, well, like this guy's done a lot of awesome things. He worked with this and this and this. And, and it could just, that's how it gets going. I'm sure you went through this yourself. Like, how do you book more appointments? How do you get more content? Mm. What makes it easier for you, for you on your end? Mm. Uh, and it's desirability, right? It's like, can you, can you make yourself appear to be the hot check at the party or not? Right. Content is what enables you to do that. It's actually a lot easier, now, mm. right? Because it's yeah. so creative how you present yourself. You do. Um, mm. I mean, it's like some, some Instagrams are so fake. I mean, it's nothing like what the person actually is or who they are, hmm. but they post it. It's like they spend time creating that image of themselves. Um, sometimes it's it's a, a good portrayal and benefits them. Sometimes it doesn't, right? If they're not thinking like everything you post, you're getting judged on. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I mean, like social proof is like, if you're already working with customers, you're working with clients, if you're, if you're a consultant in any way, like creating content. So like, even if, okay, you go and I'm a personal consultant and I, I want to be a thought leader in, you know, the tech space. And I happen to go, you know, meet a friend at Facebook or Yelp or something who works there for lunch. I'm going to take a picture out in front of sign and say, had an awesome meeting today with, with, you know, some of, some of the team at Facebook to discuss future partnership mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. The case. And complete bullshit. Right. But <laughs> Right. it's like wow like he's meeting with yelp and social media like facebook what is wow he must be someone yeah. who's some insight oh yeah i've seen those posts yeah i see him all the time right yeah and it's you know i look at him like smart smart move mm-hmm. because it's not my attention right and yeah. i know what you did <laughs> i i still can't say uh, for a hundred percent like yeah that, that wasn't the case if i'm <laughs> emailing you and say wow did you just take a picture in front of the sign because you're trying to show social proof yeah <laughs> um, so just things like that and opportunities like it's just if, if yeah. you have a mindset where like if you're in your environment is there an opportunity here to help benefit my business or or image on social media um, mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's that's really good and, and i think that's where so i i'm still working on building that mindset like that's it's like a muscle that has to be built if it doesn't come naturally and especially if you uh, haven't been in uh, if you've been kind of more in Facebook or something like that, if, you're, if your audience skews older, there's all kinds of reasons why, but it definitely is a muscle uh, that has to be built. Um, let me ask you this. So what are, what, what's the difference in what, what can be systematized on Instagram and what can't? What are the things that, that like experts and agency owners, if you're trying to build your agency on Instagram, if you're, if you're a business coach or whatever, like what things require absolutely you there's no way around it you got to put the time in versus what can be like what can be systematized automated delegated that sort of thing so coach coaches have to spend the most time creating content there's just no way around it because mm-hmm. i i mean getting familiar with with the camera to sit there yourself on late nights and create content and talk to it mm-hmm. is that if you're if you're not doing and able to do yourself you're going to struggle yeah uh, i mean hiring someone to come in there and create those educational videos or, or pieces of you talking or it's just, it's not going to ever be, uh, you know, make sense in terms of, of scaling it and the resources available and cost, things like mm-hmm. that. Like if you hire our, our video team to come in there and make a video with you four times a week, right? Just not going to, not going to make sense. And people are getting better at that. Like, yeah. Video studios are setting things up. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's, 
like in, in terms of the whole like content side of things, um, it's very hard to automate or like get that out of the picture for a thought leader and like a coach or that kind of thing. Cause it has to be coming from you. Right. And only yeah. you can be talking about it. And if you're trying to show your expertise, there's things on it where you have to put your own spin on it. You have to be mm. able to step aside from the status quo a little bit and make a statement. Um, hopefully it's not something that can be disproved, but you're different in, in some type of way. Right. Mm -hmm. like you want to have your own stance and something. So yeah. that keep standing on it and, and making sure that that you're unique in your way you you provide some type some some type of differentiation mm -hmm. and looking at a so you're looking at a problem with a certain solution and people other people are seeing that and relating to it and understanding why you're, in, you're taking that position yeah that that's the biggest thing that i think most for us is, as an agency we work with people in that position we're trying to get there and that's the thing they half ass and and that's the only mm -hmm. the only thing that really makes or break you breaks you, right? I can get people to see it. I can, um, you know, help schedule it and and get mm -hmm. the posts up there regularly. But mm -hmm. it's always for us. It's like bugging those clients. Hey, when are we going to get some more video footage? You should talk about this. This is a good opportunity. You know, take some more pictures of you with with other notable people at, at get-togethers or events. Mm -hmm. uh, just thinking about again those opportunities to create content those can't be automated ever. Like those can't be something that you're just like yeah. someone else, but really that is so the social media, right? I mean, if you're a busy mm -hmm. guy, you're doing a lot of things, sometimes, sometimes posting and, you know, keeping track of engagement and engaging with other people, those can all be pushed off. We do that for a lot of clients, right? Really, the community management, um, you know, regular posting and mm -hmm. posting stories, things like that. The stories are tough because most of the time for someone trying to be a thought leader in that sense, stories are you, right? And like, yeah. I can pull random stories and like put stuff up, but that's not going to be a type of content your audience is like, entertained by, right? Mm -hmm. They want to see you real life, raw stuff. That's what stories is about. And if they're looking to you as a thought leader, they want to see things you're doing. They want to see how you're thinking about the world, how you're thinking about the problems you're telling them you can solve, right? Mm -hmm. Um I mean, if to save time, I would say push off the posting, push off the caption creations, push off because those are usually things that I take the most time with as as my own. Yeah. It's like, oh, that caption sounds shitty. Like I, I got to rewrite that. <laughs> right. You spend like 30, 40 minutes on a caption, sitting there still with nothing. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it doesn't doesn't really sound great. It doesn't sound like like how I want to frame it. Right. Yeah. So getting it, someone a copywriter in there to help just knock those out, and then you can come and revise it. Right. Yeah. So, that's that's something I see very helpful in someone who's busy. Is mm. you don't have to really lay the foundation, and and if they have twenty posts or pieces of content that they created, if they mm. did create and spend the time to do that, then it's we come up, caption them all, you know, have a, a plan of action to get them posted, and they just kind of make sure it's you know, wow, this looks decent, or I want to change this wording around, or yeah, it, it's much easier whenever you're in a position of being busy and you have people or you have a little bit of resources to help help you with that, which mm. I'm assuming like this scenario would entail, like, you know, you're yeah. busy, you want to automate things, some things off your plate. What can you get off your plate? It's probably going to be the posting of the content. You still have to always create it, mm. but having someone manage that and get it up and post it at the right times and, and kind of like get that first, first layer of, of copy up there behind the, the content, mm -hmm. go and edit it and spend a couple minutes versus a couple hours of every, every few days of like getting that up and posting it and coming up with the context. 
Gotcha. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, so going back to the agency side of things, um, what, what are some of the interesting things? Like, is there anything interesting or surprising you've learned about, especially dealing with entrepreneurs? Because uh, you guys are, you know, serving a similar market that I do. Um, I've, I've, the agency that I come from is all working with small business owners uh, on like video marketing. So like I've, I've been in your guys' shoes trying to get video footage and their solution what to it was jump on a call with us once a month and we will literally talk you through it because you can't like, we don't trust you to do it yourself. We just jump on the phone and we'll walk you through it. So is there anything like that where you've had to like compensate or build systems in to, to compensate for the fact that clients are bad at getting what, what you guys need to run the business? Like there's, anytime we have like clients where we had to have to provide something, it, like it's a massive weakness in the business. So how do you guys compensate for that? We just set expectations really well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I learned real quick before I even brought, before I even started doing, you know, things at, at the scale we are right now, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just kind of about the expectations. Like I can sit there and, and tell you what to do for every morning. Right. doesn't, yeah. I mean, I'm not the best motivator, right? Like <laughs> that's not my, that's not my, my uh, but I, I can set a strategy in place. If you want to do it, great if you don't then you know what are you paying us for yeah so that's kind of the expectation i set with every client if, if they don't do it then we just kind of we'll turn our own clients just because they're not getting the right gotcha yes we're not helping them um, yeah. if we see that and we hop on a call and they're like what's what's new and i'm like you didn't post for six days and you know this has happened the last like four weeks you know right what's new on your end like yeah if, if we can't we can't create content for you or you don't have the budget for us to come out and, and film every every two days with you. Mm-hmm. So you know maybe this isn't the best fit. Like maybe come re like reapproach it in a little bit when you have a little more time to set aside or, or mm-hmm. you have resources to help you get it done. Yeah, um, it's it is a touchy it is kind of a touchy thing though because it's, it's yeah like, the one thing I will say that that I've had to learn is not offending people with their content as well because it's such a personal thing. You're a creative mm-hmm. in a lot of ways right like yeah even 100%. a videographer or an editor i mean you critique their work it's like it's a piece of art for them right they send yeah. transitions and everything's so beautiful and you're like this is this is all shit you approach <laughs> in a certain way where they're like yeah mm-hmm. this part's good this part's good clients they're 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 basically laying out their heart and soul into their like business expertise and what they do yeah. and why they're so valuable and yada yada and i come back and say this does absolutely nothing for me right <laughs> <laughs> And I don't want to watch more than 10 seconds of it. Yeah. And that's how I would approach it at first. And it's like, they're heartbroken. You know, it's like, it's kind of like they're defeated. Mm-hmm. You, that initial expectation setting call is very much like we look at the content they have available. Cause most, most people come to us, they have a YouTube channel. They've already created mm-hmm. a ton of videos and yeah. it's, it's, we'll basically say, look, you need to get the quality up. You need to start talking about other stuff. Like, how are you filming this? Go buy this camera. If you want to work together, like these are the things that are going to have to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from there we can, we can kind of work with it. I mean, here's some example videos. We kind of have a, some examples in a deck that we can shoot over mm-hmm. um, to have an idea of the quality and, and how they can frame things and talk. Mm-hmm. And, and from there it's usually they'll either take it into consideration and, and make some changes and then we'll get in touch and move forward or, or they, they'll just kind of fall off and, and it's like too much, too much work. And it's a lot of, a lot of ways. Well, and, and here's what I like about having that, like a done for you component at the, at the core of an agency is it's, it's almost like what look like when they come to you and say, all right, look, here's the deal. Like, I don't have the time for this. Can you guys do X? 
it's always nice to be able to say yes and it's five grand a month, right? Well, whatever the answer is, it's always great to not have to just flat out say no. It's great to be able to say yes and it's this much. Uh, I mean, so that, that's kind of what I have with, with my agency, which has helped a lot. Like, yeah, we can do that. I mean, here's the price tag. Um, and not, and I don't, it's, it's not something I necessarily want to sell. Like I want to sell like the package. I want everybody on the package because then my staff just executes like clockwork. The more variety, the more error, the more, the more complication. I don't want any of that. But when it comes down to like dealing with the clients, the ability to have that thing like you guys have where you can come out and you can shoot the content for them. So you have the solution, but here's the, you know, it's, it's the yes and here's the cost. Right. It, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, you, you put it so far out there, it's like not even a possibility. For <laughs> Depends on whether you actually want, yeah, want to make money on it or not. Right. <laughs> That's a smart approach, right? It's, yeah. it's, I, I think the, probably, probably the most valuable thing that, that I've, that I've kind of come across through this whole process is just, it's always easier putting yourself in, in their shoes as a business owner and thinking mm-hmm. about like, and that's usually how I'll lead off most sales calls or most initial calls with clients is mm-hmm. show some humility, like kind of putting them, yourself in their shoes and making it very clear yeah. that you're not, not in a salesy way, but you know, yeah, look, John, like if, if I were you, I wouldn't do this package. And here's why mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's very logical. And I'm, and I'm completely honest about that. And, and that usually helps get us in the right foot that I'm not trying to steer you away from something because I don't want to do it. Or I don't think that it's not a package we offer. I, I want to make money from the packages that we do offer. Mm-hmm. It's more about like, it just doesn't make sense. I don't care who you talk to, right? Probably yeah. not the best. Idea. You need to learn how to do this or figure it out. And then we'll talk about, you know, what we can move forward with. But usually that that'll help them get a better perspective of things because a lot of the people we talk to, they aren't great at social media to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like building a house, you're getting contractor quotes. You don't know. I mean, it's a, a, a website's a better example because you kind of know what it takes to put a board to hammer a couple two by fours together and build a, a door frame, right? Mm-hmm. The perspective of that. But if you're looking at code and you've never looked at code before, yeah, you can get a quote for twenty grand and ten grand. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what the difference is, except yeah. to get twenty quotes and you know you go for one in the medium, right? Yeah, it's true. We're, we're and, and that's kind of like the social media side of things. A lot of people have no idea what it takes. They've never mm-hmm. really focused on it. They haven't spent the time on it. And, and like you think of, you know, what it takes to build that type of influence and the mm-hmm. time, it's, you know, it's just unexpected. And so you have to go back to like the bottom floor with people and say, look, this is, this is what it takes. This is what to expect. And I'm here to help. And mm-hmm. usually that's kind of the first step um, is, is how those ex- expectations are set. If they're, if they're looking for a do it all, like I don't want to touch it. Mm-hmm. It's just, you need a full team. Like I need to be there. Like it, it, mm-hmm. it's just, that's something where I try to steer away from for sure. And I know yeah. you, you play yourself too. It's like you, and, and you're probably going to fail, like just because mm-hmm. it's not going to be sustainable for you. Right? Yeah. Um, yep. and it, is it really going to provide an ROI? If you're, if you have six people pretty much, you know, working for your campaign pretty actively, for how long are you going to pay for that until you're like, shit, I only have 6,000 followers after like a year. Mm -hmm. Maybe let's not, let's not keep moving forward with this. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what I want to avoid is like the best thing is look for clients who can succeed and stay with you long-term. And which I know, you know, from the Mm -hmm. agency model is it's a lot harder to to stick with new clients and upsell them down the road than just ones. Um, And that's something I think is, is, is very valuable in the sense of just the whole agency model as a whole. Mm-hmm. How do you 
keep growing your current clients and upselling them with, with services that are valuable. And that's how literally how we've scaled the agency and, and different teams. So mm-hmm. we started on Instagram, basically saw them, saw clients going from you know zero followers to 20, 30,000 followers. Then all of a sudden they were like, do you manage content? Like, like I think I'm, I have more audience. I have people seeing my stuff. Let's mm-hmm. look spending more money or allocating more resources towards that because there's people seeing it mm-hmm. start managing and, and they're like you create videos and i was like yeah i got a couple gopros like and i started doing that and then i got <laughs> to, you know we need to outsource and then we had our own video team and then that side of the business scaled yeah so, and then they started asking about paid media and now you know then and we basically someone on the team stepped up and learned paid media mm-hmm. and you know studied it in, at night and he started building his own team we gave him the client to try it with and Mm-hmm. And now we're managing half a million dollars a month in ad spend. Yeah. It's like something that popped up out of necessity for a client, right? Right. So, I mean, and that's how I think a lot of things get, get going. Um, mm-hmm. But I, but I think as, as clients, like the funny thing is I look at the, on the other end is all of those additional services they needed or that they were looking for were really built up just like they were built up for us as offerings. Right. Um, they didn't really care about those things until they got the first step of the way there, right? Right. The audience. Right. And when the audience came, boom, then we then we plugged in the ads and then, then mm-hmm. we the content creation. And it's like as I look at the big picture, like without one, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have had the offering, right? So unless you're able to really take a take it a step by step with social media, does mm-hmm. it make sense to throw everything at the package at once, you know, to begin with? Because it's very true done that with anyone yeah well and the good thing about that from your perspective just looking at like the agency and how it grows is that you know like at the core of the business like your guys's x factor is growing audiences right right now on instagram and maybe that will evolve but right now it's instagram right so you know you've got this thing that's in the core that's at the center of what drives the demand for the next layer of services so as long as the core stays strong and as long as you guys maintain the expertise in that core that pulls everything along with it and then you're using that core offer almost like um uh obviously you're profiting on it but it could theoretically at some point end up being a tripwire where you get the clients in the door, you could you could ramp up your ad spend and just get the clients in the door, and then you profit off of that outer core of like managed media and content creation, and that's where you make your money. Uh, and that's what and there's there's all kinds of these new interesting kind of models that are coming up, and then you know that are that are going to come up in the next ten or twenty years while we're bouncing around the same industry, which is going to be interesting to watch. Because um, right now, like if you're an in, like an indie agency owner, if you're a coach or consultant, most of the time you have to profit right now off the clients. But if you didn't have to, if you had a really good back-end offer and all you had to do is you could just get more of the right clients in at a little bit of a profit or break-even and then you make your profit on the next thing that you sell them, the sky's the limit. It's just a matter of how fast can you scale and what's the time lag between when you get them in the door and when they start buying it, the next round of services. Totally. Yeah, yeah so it's interesting. And, and that's all pretty predictable. You know I mean? Yeah. If you model and you're doing it enough, you can kind of figure out if they're growing at X amount of followers per month, typically we're seeing them upgrade at this this rate or this level. Yeah. And you can yeah. put them in the process, right? Like you have, you you have a, a biz dev person call them at ten thousand followers and say, Wow, you're getting, you know, this type of engagement, this many eyes on your stuff. Who's yep. creating content? Yeah. Uh, and and there's there's totally things to to help facilitate those things, there that process. Um, and not just in social media. I think that that definitely applies to a lot of different different offerings. Yeah. Um, different steps of the way. Like you know, you can look at PR, you can look at SEO, you can look at, I mean, all of those different type of expertise fields, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, you get someone successful in one, one aspect of it to begin with mm-hmm. business, they're going to trust you and they want to do more. Yeah. Um, continuing to, to help succeed and stay up to date with what's going on. Um, Cause mm-hmm. the minute you lose that trust and it's going to spread for sure. <laughs> that is very true. Well, cool, man. Uh, well, I know I want to honor your time. We went way like longer than I expected. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, so how, how can people learn more about jumper and, and connect with you guys? Yeah. Um, website is, you know, jumpermedia.co. Um, and then obviously on Instagram, uh, type in jumper media, we should pop right up. But, uh, yeah, we, I mean, more than anything, we, we spend a lot of time on content creation and helping educate people, right? Like the blog is probably our, our thought leader in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, you know, we probably have about, I think 210,000 unique visitors a month that we've built up over the last two years. And it's really been a great, great source for us to provide value to people. And yeah. I don't think it's all, all our target audience or businesses, but a lot of individuals are getting a lot of value from it just in managing their own personal profiles and things like yeah. that. Um, so yeah, great place to check out if, if you're looking for any tips and tricks. Now, I believe that clarity releases energy. So I hope that this episode creates clarity for you by laying out a path forward in your business. Now, if you're interested in starting a podcast like this to help you break into a new industry or to establish yourself as an authority in a niche market, let's talk. We have a complete done for you podcasting service. Uh, that is my agency that I'm building and growing. And I'd love to talk to you about what we can potentially do for you. You can learn more at pursuingresults.com to get a sense of what our service is all about. And if you're ready, if you're really seriously thinking about starting a podcast, I'm happy to brainstorm your ideas and talk about the positioning of your podcast within the market. Something that you can take away whether we end up working together or not. So you can grab a time on my calendar for a podcast brainstorm call at bookjohnson.com. That is bookjohnson.com. I just want to thank you again for listening to the show, for leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes and more importantly, for investing your time, your energy, your attention into the show. It really means the world to me that you would do that. So again, this is the UX podcast where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine and we'll see you on the next episode.